Well, hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of Mental Roots. Hope you're all do- doing well. I'm Nathan Aday. And uh, whew, this is already episode 8 of season 2. So, man, it's it's been interesting because obviously I've been, you know, trying to keep up the weekly rollout. And as you can imagine, juggling that with like a full-time degree with deadlines in Lumen and um, other things I'm trying to do in terms of creative projects, earning residual income, different things. You, as you can imagine, like there's been lo- loads of moments of burnout and the good thing about me being more intentional about the mental health of my life, like which is obviously the focus of this podcast, you know, mental health in young black men. The good thing about kind of thinking more about that has been, you know, I've been more intentional with my time, just trying to be a bit more structured with when I have breaks and stuff. But all of that is to say, it's been a real journey of trying to be content with where I'm at because, um, you know, as a podcaster or as a content creator, if you're watching, any of, if any of you watching are con- content creators, you know the struggle of, um, you know, putting content out there, especially when you're in your, you're, when you're in your early days and not feeling like, you, it's kind of hard because you don't really get frequent feedback on the the content so it's like i hope people are listening and then occasionally you you look at the stats and the number of views or streams or whatnot and it seems quite a low number but even the small amount of people who are, who are streaming it's like actually trying to get them you know communicating with you and it, it, it's it can be hard sometimes you kind of feel like you're in no man's land in terms of you trying to reach the audience that you intended to reach you 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 kind of feel like hello is anyone hearing this all of that is to say um spotify have had something called the next wave program um which is something they're introducing i keep looking off into the distance let me look at the camera um they're doing something it's basically for students and young podcasters upcoming podcasters um and it's a new program that they've brought in place so it's just an opportunity like the winners for that basically would have their podcast kind of shared on the bigger platform so when you go in the student section on the spotify um app then you see at the top the shortlisted um podcasts from this next wave um roster of new talent all of that is to say like i was in the top seven and i got an email um yeah, I got an email saying that I was in the top seven out of over 4,000 submissions. So that is that is crazy. Um, and I've posted about it on my Mental Roots podcast Instagram page. So I'm going to put the um, tag for that um, on the screen right now. So go and follow me. Oh, yeah, I forgot to say, make sure you like, comment, uh, subscribe if you're listening on YouTube, if you're listening on all other any other podcast platform like Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure you subscribe on that platform on Apple Podcasts. Please leave a review as well. I think I've got like one rating so far. So I need more reviews. I want to really get feedback um, from you guys. Um, But yeah, being selected by Spotify's Next Wave um, program, that's just really affirmed to me that at least on a professional level, like I'm doing a good job, like I am, you know, (laughs) I already know I'm doing a good job anyway, but just to have that extra affirmation of, hey, these are people who are critiquing podcasts on a professional level, 
and they appreciate the quality of the content as of the time i'm recording this i'm yet to get like personalized feedback on why they specifically chose my podcast and what about it stood out to them i haven't gotten that specific feedback yet um, which is what is important to me because i want to know what i'm doing right so that i can improve on it uh, and know areas that i can improve on as well so but i'm i'm, I'm very happy and um so i just want to say thank you to all the people who have been streaming so far but of course this is not just about me and my podcast dreams and whatnot that's not what this is about what this podcast is about is about you guys and when i say you i mean mostly like my male audience uh shout out to the females who are still listening to this but i'm mainly trying to reach out to young black guys like me so that we can be more honest about our um mental health but yeah that's a long intro i'm five minutes in but yeah that's for any new listeners especially that's a kind of good introduction to where i'm at um but this is part three of a conversation that i've had with um an amazing guy called idris um cameroonian um by birth and moved over to the uk a few years ago he'd had his university education here parts one and part two go through his whole story so i'm not even going to waste time recapping um you know what his life story is and what he does you can check all of that out in parts one and two of our conversation in the previous two episodes but this is the final part of our conversation where he really starts to sum up kind of what moving to the uk did for him in terms of understanding his um coping mechanisms and um the way he's dealt with trauma and different things in cameroon um so coming to the uk kind of opened his eyes and he's going to talk a bit more about that um and talking about how he's linked up with the bipp network um and the work they've done but also we've got some really interesting commentary on um the black female experience and how as black men we should be considering black women and treating black women and how our relationship with black women also has an impact on our mental health as black men as well deep stuff um, but we really start to chop that up in the later part of this episode so enough talking six and a half minute intro uh i'm like drake with the tuscan leather intro man six minutes <laughs> six minute intro um but hopefully you know you've gained value from what i've said um so yeah let's get straight into it part three with my guy idris let's go um how did i start unpacking or, or mm. yeah unpacking and healing <clears throat> a lot of it was through honest conversations with my my then girlfriend um okay. we're no longer together but it was a very important moment because even without necessarily being who I was now, mm. I was already aware that there is a predisposition of me mm. not doing the right thing, you know, in a in a in a dynamic where involve you know feelings and emotions are involved. So from the get-go, I was kind of like, we need to start off, you know, with a basis of honesty. We need to be honest, we need to kind of open channels, communications, let's talk about anything that we might not necessarily feel comfortable about just so that we clear the air and we can resolve any issues here before it gets too bad because there is this romantic romantic romanticizations of toxic relationships that i just never ascribed to mm. I, 
I what do you mean by that romanticization of it? Let's let's. It's is made it to seem like toxic traits within the relationships are desirable for it to be seen as a real relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, the controlling yeah. aspects, the the restrictive aspects, the um, controlling, restrictive, manipulative, all of these kind of things that some people it's a self-centeredness yeah the selfishness Mm. the the ego the Mm. yeah so many of the things that you know the 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 dehumanization of the other when you don't agree with them Mm. or you know in in a sense in in a conversation where there's not a common ground is is easy to just disrespect or or you know take away their dignity Mm. but that those those tropes were things i've seen around and i've seen the effects of it and i was like i don't want to go through that yeah so even though i was not really i guess fully matured as a man i was still aware that i don't want to do this or i don't want to do that mm. and so yeah i started off from the basis of we need to be honest we need to be clear about each other and we started off on a very let's you know be friend with one another like we need to be friends with one another we need to care about one another on a, mm. despite us being in a loving relationship if i don't really care about you like that mm. this is not going to go anywhere so that's kind of how we build our foundation mm. and that allowed for me and her to just be honest and be authentic and we grew in our authenticity as time went by because Sometimes you say that you're authentic, but you're still dealing with your own um, perception of what you want to present to the world. Mm. And so you still have to take some time to yourself to then shred all of these things. So it was definitely a progress. We've been together. We were together for three years. So throughout that process, we kind of learned about one another and we just learned about ourselves in a way. Um, But that was another that was another factor in on addressing my 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 traumas i guess because mm-hmm. many of the many of the the things that i experienced before came up within that relationships and how i was behaving what i was saying how i was interpreting things were also put in question like why do you do this why do you do that why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And because there was there was already a, a pre-arrangement that you're not doing this to hurt me. You're not doing this to you, you have no ill will, basically. So it was much I was much more receptive to any sort of challenge mm. because you know I was there was establishment, it was established that you know we're not doing we're not trying to hurt each other here, we're not trying to destroy each other's you know uh life or whatnot. So yeah, that allowed for me, that allowed for somebody else who cares about me to help me reflect. And when that relationship ended, there was definitely like a conclusion that, you know, I need help or mm. we both need to still grow. We just can't necessarily help each other in that, in that, in that growth journey. Yeah. So, yeah, that was like, okay, I, I do need to address a lot of the behavior patterns that I have. Mm. And I did sign up for therapy after that mm. after moving to london um right, right. so 
therapy has been the the latest uh, tool that has helped me unpack many of my my personalities and my traits and my attitudes and behaviors. So how long have you been doing therapy now? A year. A year. Okay. A year and two months. Mm, okay. And this was during COVID as well. So that's another factor to bring. I started, I literally started like just before COVID. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I did, went did... to like three sessions mm. live. I mean, face to face and then okay. pandemic started. Mm. So it's interesting because for many people who started therapy before COVID, obviously they got really used to um, the setting you know, and I think the environment that therapy is done in is very um, important, you know. Um, but w I guess what's your perspective on it? Because it goes to show that the importance of not depending too much on a physical location, not depending too much on the exterior. And I, this kind of came up in our focus group, actually, last yeah. Sunday, where um, I remember you were talking about you know, what kind of helps you to stay calm. And so for you, what's been the challenge of, was it really much of a challenge? Because you obviously you had three sessions and then mm -hmm. you've had most of your um, therapy during lockdown anyway. So yeah. would you say that you've, you didn't have too much of an effect or no, like, how, how has it, how, how's it been for you? It's been very good. Um, Purely because yeah, like, it gave us a lot more flexibility. Right. Um, okay. In terms of time, in terms mm. of length as well, because when mm. you're you're not necessarily restrained by the booking of a, of a, of a specific right, location. Okay. Right. Um, there's been many times I've went over <laughs> over the time allocated. I can imagine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's been an it's been a, it's been an amazing journey because i got to be very honest mm. and close with my therapist in terms of just sharing everything that i have been through and mm. we've developed uh, that professional intimacy that you know you like somebody who's cared but who's uh, whose mental health is in the not necessarily in the hands of somebody else but you you get to feel that sense of okay they're here to help me they're here to support me Mm. and they have no ill will basically mm. which is i don't know if i'm doing that subconsciously but that idea that people who deal with you have ill will is definitely the remains of when i grew up because there's a lot of um there's a lot of stories and a lot of experiences where people just deal with you but they have ill intentions and they're just waiting for the chance to exercise that ill intent mm. So you are kind of always on your guards about people who get too close to you because you don't know what they're there for. So it was very important for me to establish what was it that our dynamic is based on and that, you know, there's, there's, there's low likelihood of you having any intent when you're in, when you're in, my, in my space. Mm. So you probably heard the term culturally competent therapy before. And um, for you personally, is that something that's very important to you in terms of your experience? You know, what is it? Yeah. So I'm assuming your therapist is also black as well. 
Um, Just tell us a bit more about that kind of cultural dynamic and also as a black man, is is your therapist a black man as well? She's a a woman. Oh, she's a woman. Okay. So that's that's interesting because we, in the past, the conversations I've had with Vanessa and um, a girl called Taja as well, based in the US, she in her she's she goes to a HBCU by the way, and they've got therapy within there as well. So mm-hmm. um, she's got you know a good experience to talk about there, um, which you can check out on the podcast. Um, but yeah, so kind of what's what have you learned in terms of the importance, just from your personal experience, of having someone who better understands your background and culture and how does that influence the way you are mentored as a black man um it helps in kind of skipping over the details of certain feelings and 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 experiences that you have that you can't really put in words right you know, like it would be very difficult for me to explain the social anxiety I get when I'm in a space where there's no other black people around me. Mm. It's very difficult to explain that in words because, yeah, it's just difficult to explain that in words. Um, the understanding of racism and not having to explain necessarily. Mm. The, you know the the, the 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 minute interactions that you that you you have yeah and they just get it and they're trying to address the, the the real issue as opposed to getting you to explain and wasting time on the little details mm-hmm. there's that um kind of like the understanding of the global community as well the global black community mm. which might not necessarily translate very easily with somebody else why is it that you've never seen somebody else but you feel like that instant connection with them when you're in a space where there's only two of you there or three of you there you know like that you you guys come from two different parts of the world you know but there's a space where there's only the two of you there that look similar to each other and you just instantly connect Mm. you will have to explain that to somebody else why that would make sense but when there's a black person there that already understand that dynamic, you don't have to explain that. So you can just get on with the father. Oh yeah, you made made a, you made a friend with this guy from Brazil, and he got to tell you about his fiance, his project, and everything. Like he basically unloaded with you. You don't know him. You didn't know him, you know, two hours ago, mm-hmm. but you you've just made that bond there. Um, so you don't have to explain that. You just make allusion to the fact that you made that friend and you carry on with the rest of the story and get to the point that you want to get to. Mm. This kind of stuff, um, the, the, the unspoken experiences that we go through mm. on a day-to-day basis, you don't have to explain that. So yeah, that was mm. definitely a, a relief of me to know that I don't have to go through explaining my experience to somebody else. Mm. Mm. And... I feel that should be so reassuring for other young black guys like us as well, because when it comes to mental health, when it comes to the idea of therapy, we usually associate therapy with what we have to say, as opposed Mm -hmm. to what we don't have to say, you know, Mm. is therapy about 
saying loads of things and confessing as much as it mm -hmm. is about just having a safe space to just exist and to process mm -hmm. you know yeah. so that that's a really good point that you you raised and um that that leads us um we, i know we're running out of time <laughs> but this leads on really well to how i wanted to include conclude so what advice so you know this podcast is dedicated it's meant to be by black men for black men um but the recent people i've interviewed like vanessa and taja and earlier in season one there was a woman called el formosa as well um so i've noticed that the black experience there's so much connection and overlap with the experience of the black woman and how mm. you know the way we interact with the black women in our lives um like i i believe the better we treat black women the more in turn we're better treating ourselves because they are they are our backbone and i'm sure you can think of the many um aunties that have been looking after you and the different um women figures in your life that including your girlfriend your therapist as well who have really helped you understand yourself as well as the the, the pretty much all female team of inside out as well so um so that's one aspect you know um making sure that we have a better bond with our black sisters and know that you know they add a lot of value to us and that we mm -hmm. also need to add value to them as men mm -hmm. because the truth is we do have privileges that black women do not have or you know ethnic minority women so understanding there's different privileges that everyone has you know hey everyone i hope you're enjoying this insightful episode so far uh, i just want to use this brief intermission to quickly share with you something that's really been helping me the past few months in terms of my physical health which in turn has helped my mental health too because you see it's very easy for us to talk about mental health um, forgetting that our physical health is connected with it you know because our bodies do need certain nutrients and um, certain things to help our brain deal with the stress that's running through our body and so um, you know to manage our adrenaline levels to manage our adaptogens and so and so the past few months I've been using a variety of um, food supplement products to help me in different aspects of my health for example um, to help me with my stress levels and my concentration levels uh, I've been taking these really great organic um, optimized nootropics um, shots or which are abbreviated as on shots um, they're little juice pouches um, that are have a rich flavor a rich raspberry flavor which you can mix with water or your own kind of um, drink mixture and it's been helping me just about one cup a day has helped me get through my course workload as well as my podcasting as well as all my other content uh, including my mental route short film and so uh, if you're someone like me who's pretty hard working and easily gets quite stressed or worn out through work um, these are great um, caffeine natural caffeine um, shots that you can take without the usual crash that you get from coffees and energy monster drinks and all of that stuff so if you want to know more about that there is actually a link in the written description for this podcast episode uh, and you can book a quick consultation uh, call with me where we can discuss these products and where you can get them from and so yeah just um, 
select a time slot in that uh, link and we'll uh, consult you and there are other products as well including some really rare um, wild Alaskan uh, fish oil um, pills which I've been using not your typical fish oil pills um, obviously rich in omega-3 but for me personally they've really helped me wake up uh, with a fresh mind um, with no baggy eyes very clear white eyes which is quite unusual for me um, I usually get red eyes and you know it takes me quite a while to um, get started and get energized in the morning um, but these pills have just sped up that process to help me start the day better uh, which is also very important the way we start our days has a huge impact on our mental and emotional outlook throughout the day so um, if you also want to know about that you can again book that slot in the link to meet me and talk about that but regardless of what um, products and foods and drinks that you take uh, just remember to think about the nutrients, do your research, see what nutrients are important for your body to help your uh, mental health and to help your physical health as well, to help your stress levels and let's be practical in how we deal with our mental health too. So with all that said, let's hop back into the interview. Um, so there's that aspect, but also what, what would your advice be to any of the young black uh, men listening right now in terms of you know they're, they're they're struggling they might have connected with a lot of the things you've said in terms of um you know either being someone you're born in another country and migrating to the uk or just being um or going through the issues of hypermasculinity or instability with family anything people black young black men who relate with anything you've said about your life what would your advice be to them? Um, it can be more than one point. Um, yeah. And yeah. Um, oof. I would say you, they have to do, they have to take time out to care for themselves. Right. And by that, I mean, look inside and you, you can do this with therapy, which is to identify where your wounds started or you know where 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 were you hurt first mm. or where where were you hurt the most you know you can do that with therapy but on a general basis you can just try and practice more self-awareness try and practice how do you feel in different scenarios mm. are you happy with how you feel are you are you willing to receive the same i guess treatment if you are on the other side, mm. you know, how do you interact with a stranger? How do you interact with a friend? How do you interact with a family member? How do you interact with your loved ones? How do you interact when you're angry? How do you interact when you're happy? How do you interact when you're sad, when you're confused? All of these kind of different uh, spaces that you will find yourself in. Take a second and just reflect, like, how do I behave in those different scenarios? And are you happy with how you behave in those different scenarios? And if you're not happy, find out why and find ways that you can make that interaction better because a lot of the time, many people react due to their past experience. Mm -hmm. And when you find yourself acknowledging that you are not perfect, you are also graceful towards other people who are not perfect. Mm. Like, 
you have an interaction with somebody and they may not be nice with you. Mm. But you're not going to internalize that necessarily and be like, oh, they have a problem with me. Because you know it's that pain like, is coming from somewhere. And you've searched deep enough within yourself to you know, know that, that, that pain there's roots, you know. Yeah. Hence the title of not... this podcast, Mental Roots. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the roots are deep, bro. The roots are deep, man. They're very deep. Mm. And I think we need to start practicing a lot of more, a lot more compassion, mm. a lot more empathy as a community necessarily. And black men necessarily have to practice more empathy and more compassion towards one another and towards black women because unfortunately I've been witnessing a lot of lack of compassion when it comes to black women. Right. And it's, it's disheartening to see mm. that compassion is only extended when it's beneficial to one person. Like, you know, right. I'm only extending compassion to this person because it benefits me directly. And I won't extend any compassion further if I'm not benefiting anymore. Mm. And it's like, that's not how it works. Um, yeah. You're meant to be compassionate by default. Mm. And then everything else will just come to you. You should just be compassionate first. And as how they should treat black women, treat them with respect. Um, oftentimes we think all we need to do is love the black women or protect the black women, but respect her first. Mm. We respect mm. her. Say that again. Say that again. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we often think that what we need to do is to love the black women or mm. protect black women. But we need to respect her first. Because when you respect her as a human being mm-hmm. who is entitled with her own agency, you will see how things just change so much. Like, mm. Because with the idea of loving them and protecting them, it's still making them an auxiliary of us. They're not auxiliary right. of black men. There it's, are like black a, it's like a pampering sort of like, oh, it's yeah. like oh, we, we can see you're hurt. Let me just try and make you mm. feel better sort of thing. Yeah. It's not, but, so what you're hinting at is less of a reactionary response from black yeah. men mm-hmm. and more of a well thought out response of, okay, yeah, systematically and logically. And more of like a yeah. proactive one. Right. Where you actively um, take Hello. As human being. Yeah. Oh, sorry. My internet was a bit unstable there. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, okay. What, what, when, uh, what, did, what did I last say? When yeah. So you, you um, it was just after I spoke, actually. <laughs> that you, you okay. No, I was saying that, you know, we need to, we need to not just look at loving and protecting black women. We need to look at respecting them mm-hmm. because respect would make all of the other two come. But, you can love somebody and not, you know, respect, respect them. them. That's true. It's, it's odd. That's true. That is it's odd. Yeah. But you don't have to, you don't have to love every single black woman that comes your way. But if you respect them, you're going to interact with them in a much better way than, than anything else. And you don't have to protect every black woman that comes your way. But if you respect them, you will give them that, yeah, you will give them that uh, grace of, mm. you're not going to, yeah. Just respect them. Mm. Just out of interest, what's one practical example of what it looks like to respect black women? 
they are entitled to dealing with you or not. Mm. Like, like if somebody doesn't want to deal with you, you respect their choice and you say that I'm making myself scarce. You know, you don't, you don't, they don't have to deal with you. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's a weird thing, right? Mm-hmm. I remember when I was, where was I? Was I in London already? Or maybe I was still in Bristol, but I saw a man that was blind and he okay. was uh, going down the stairs, but he had a bag. Mm-hmm. So he had a bag and he had this cane and he was going down the stairs. And I came and I held and I kind of held him from by the shoulder and I kind of like was directing him. And it was like, oh, no, let, let me go. Let me go. Mm. And I was kind of like taken about, like, why are you denying, <laughs> you know, help? Mm. You know, I'm, I'm trying to help you to, but I didn't speak to him. I didn't like engage with him at, at that point. But it just, I kind of sat down and reflected, like, why am I being denied mm. if I'm just trying to help you? So a superhero complex. <laughs> Yeah, but it wasn't really long after that. And I think I saw like a, an article online or some sort of like a video on, on, on the internet. Mm-hmm. And it was like, if you meet somebody who's disabled, mm-hmm. don't don't just help them. Because if, yeah. especially if they're blind, they have they are dealing with so much around them and they have to make sense of it. Mm. Who's telling them that that random person that just started touching them and mm. got so pl- close in their personal space is, a, is an ally or a foe? Like, you don't know what kind of anxiety they're dealing with at that point. So you mm. taking it upon yourself to think that you're such a, an illuminous figure that you go so much into their personal space, touch them and hold their bag. Who do you think you are? You know, mm. the respect there will have been, hello, sir. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing that you're struggling. Do you need some help? Then in their own person, they have agency. Mm-hmm. They can choose to say yes or say no. You can't take it upon yourself to now expect them to say yes because you've offered help. You know, right? That's that's respect there. Respect is understanding that people have their agency, and you are not. They're not entitled to. They're not entitled. You you have no entitlement towards them. Right. Yeah. And it's deep. Again, I, I it's probably something that would require a lot more study from me in terms of the roots of the insecurity within many black men and how black men take that out on Mm. maybe not even just black women, just maybe just women in general. Um, Obviously if we had more time, it would be interesting to hear about you kind of your relationship with, with your, your partner and um, just out of interest, like, you know, what ethnicity is she? Oh no, she's not my partner anymore. Oh, she's not. Okay. But she's a, She's Haitian. Oh, okay. okay. The Caribbean. Okay. Black right. Haitian. Mm, okay. 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 That's cool. Okay. So, um, man, that, that's great. I think we covered a lot of important topics. Um, you've yeah. left some really good advice. Um, in terms of the practical resources that are offered by BIPP, um, specifically for black men, what is there on offer? And kind of just leave so, some details, details for yeah, them. Yes. So, you can follow us on Twitter um, at BIPP Network, uh, on, on Instagram at BIPP Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also on LinkedIn and we organize events on a very regular basis that are to do with racism, race, and mental health. Um, we Our website is 
BIPP, so B, yeah, BIPP mm-hmm. network dot, no, at, sorry, <laughs> BIPP. It's all right. The good news is I can type it out and put it in the room. Okay, so yeah. But yeah. BIPP network dot org dot UK. Um, and we're currently actually having a fundraiser where we are asking people to help us be sustainable financially for the next uh, year because, like I said, we're doing it on a voluntary basis, but we actually pay our keynote speakers mm. and any sort of guests that we bring on board. So okay. it's financially tasking and mm. we need we need people to kind of support us. So you, you have a deadline for this fundraiser? There's no deadline necessarily, but we have a target of 25K. So if okay. you follow the hashtag BIPP25 on Twitter, you'll be able to um, find the link and donate on Go, um, uh, GoFundMe. Okay. Um, and yeah, so find us on our website, on Twitter, on Instagram, and uh, please donate to our uh, Go fund, fundraising campaign. Mm. Awesome. No Thank problem. you very much for your time, Idris. And, um... No problem, Nathan. Thanks a lot for giving me the space. That was great. Yeah, no problem, man. No problem. Well, that is it. That is the end of my conversation with Idris. Um, Man, Idris, if you're listening to this, thank you for your time, man. Like, you are sharing so many gems especially with talking about kind of the black female experience as well and um, yeah you know I have a sister as well so it's you know it's very real to me in terms of thinking about things from a black female perspective and yeah just being the source of empowerment being a source of the empowerment that I want for myself you know so great stuff man and like i've said in the other episodes as well go check out the bipp network on instagram go check out their website as well look at the different programs they're doing and especially if one of you uh, or some of you listening are considering a a career in um psychiatry or just therapy anything any profession to do with helping people with their mental health basically um check out their resources check out what the BIPP has to offer especially if you are um, black or Asian or minority ethnic um, and see what resources and workshops um, that they have to offer to help you with um, progressing in your career as um, maybe a psychotherapist or anyone in a field a professional field trying to help people with their mental health so in in addition to that there's also inside out uk which are another organization founded by um a friend of mine vanessa uh, another of my many friends that i've made online during um covid um but yeah i had an interview with vanessa talking about her mental health journey and what inspired her to talk about um not talk about but to address mental health issues especially in the black community through her organization her non-profit um inside out uk so go check that out check out i think it's i can't remember what episodes they were in season two but yeah check out the earlier season two episodes 
and all the details for Inside Out UK are in those episodes as well. Also, um, don't forget, like I said at the beginning, don't forget, like, comment, subscribe, um, especially if you're on YouTube. As of the time I'm recording this, I'm still constructing my YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, you're watching the late version <laughs> of this episode um, because I'm going to slowly and gradually start uploading the season two content on the new YouTube channel. So as of the time I'm recording this, it's live. Um, the YouTube channel is live. So please go and subscribe um, even whilst I'm trying to get content ready to upload there. Um, and the season one episodes are on my other YouTube channel, Nay for Day. But I'll make a playlist for that. And so that on the new um, Mental Roots YouTube channel, you'll still see a playlist to watch season two, to watch season one as well. And when I say watch, I didn't film it. I didn't film season one. I've just got the audio um, that you could just access on YouTube. And some of season two as well is just audio. But from Idris onwards, you're going to get the visual. So look forward to that. Stay subscribed, comment as well and share with your friends. And yeah, that's it. That's I think I've got everything out of the way. So um, God bless everyone. I hope this episode has helped you and inspired you to open up about your mental health in a constructive way. And if you feel you relate to Idris in any way in terms of either being either coming from another country and having trauma associated with that or not that but still being black in Britain and or being a black student and trying to find community in the UK to support you if there's anything that you relate to in terms of Idris's story and his advice as well get in contact with him as well I'll drop his social details on the screen right now if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening it's going to be in the written description um, like with all the other plugs as well they're going to be in the written description um, for this episode on whatever podcast platform you're listening to as well anyway god bless thank you for listening peace <laughs>